Voices for Justice is a podcast that uses adult language and discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics, including violence, abuse, and murder. This podcast may not be appropriate for younger audiences. All parties are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Some names have been changed or omitted per their request or for safety purposes. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Sarah Turney, and this is Voices for Justice. Today, I am discussing the case of Najib Monsif Jr., who is affectionately known as Juby. Juby is a 20-year-old male who went missing from Scottsdale, Arizona on September 23, 2021. So, as of recording this episode, less than a month ago. It's important to note that Juby has autism and functions at about the level of an 8-year-old, according to his family. His family fears that Juby may have been led away from his home or possibly been picked up by a stranger as a crime of opportunity. I was first introduced to Juby's case when I saw his flyers pretty much all around Scottsdale and the North Phoenix area. I can't help it. Every time I see a missing person flyer, I have to stop and look. When I saw Juby's flyer, I snapped a picture and shared it on my Instagram. Then you guys sent me a ton of requests to share his story. Pretty soon, I got in contact with his sister, Josie who asked if there was any way I could further share his story. So I invited her on the podcast to talk about it. This is obviously going to be very different from most of my other episodes. I mean, Juby has been missing for less than a month. When cases are this new, there just usually isn't much to report on outside of the basic facts of the disappearance. But I think that there's a lot here. On top of that, his family is truly doing everything they can to find him. There was no way I wasn't going to help. They are springing into action for Juby, and I want to do the same. Because there is such limited information about Juby's disappearance in the media, you're pretty much going to hear my entire interview with Juby's sister Josie. She's really been at the forefront of getting media coverage for him. The thing is, Juby's case is hitting a wall right now with the Scottsdale Police Department. They've done searches, they're looking through Juby's electronics, but they haven't come up with much. They're running out of ideas and running out of leads. Juby needs us now more than ever. We all know how critical those first few days and weeks of a missing person investigation are. So I really hope we can help. But without further introduction, this is the case of Juby Monsev. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by Quince. The weather is getting warmer, which means it's time to put away all the sweaters and pants and say hello to shorts and t-shirts. I absolutely was looking to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune. And I went right back to Quince for that. I personally don't love trendy clothes that I have to replace every few months. I am looking to build my solid core collection of essentials, and with the huge selection at Quince, I can do that. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from 30 bucks, washable silk tops, they have jewelry, and so much more. One thing I really love about Quince too is that they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. And they only use premium fabrics and finishes, you're not cutting any corners when it comes to quality. I've really been trying to play with pairing casual with more upscale pieces. So recently I just matched a silk skirt with this black tee that I just love and fits really, really well. I think it came together pretty cute. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash justice for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash justice to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash justice. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by June's Journey. I'm pretty sure everyone here loves a good mystery especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. You get to step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. You engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. So what does that mean? Well, June's journey is a hidden object mystery game. Essentially, you find hidden clues and uncover this mystery. But it's also more than that. You can customize your own luxurious estate island, you can join a detective club, and put your skills to the test in a detective league. I like that you can play totally alone, or if you want to play with other people, you can do that too. I find myself playing June's Journey in little breaks during the day, or most frequently at night before I go to bed. Whether you're craving a good mystery or just looking for an escape, I really do recommend June's Journey. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Najib Monsef Jr. was born on December 22, 2000, in Akron, Ohio. However, the family soon moved to Arizona in order to get Juby access to better medical care. Here is Josie discussing Juby and this move. So, um, my family, um... My parents and um, my siblings and myself, there's four of us, grew up in Akron, Ohio. Um, as soon as Juby was born, you know, things became different. Um, we had to live our life a different way. Our brother had special needs. Um, we had to adapt to that. And there was a lot more outreach in Arizona um, for kids with autism, for that community. And the weather in Ohio was just not great for Juby, his primary immune deficiency. It's too cold. Um, we moved out here, I would say, um, maybe 15 years ago now. And, um, you know, he improved a lot. Uh, he, there was a great school system for him here. He started talking more, smiling more. Everything about our family has always surrounded Juby. Every family has problems, and we've always, always come back for Juby. He's just the light of our lives. And, um, you know, he's 20 now and, you know, he hasn't been in school for a while since COVID. He hasn't really left the house much at all. Um, but just a very, very kind kid. I really wanted to get a better understanding of what Juby is like outside of what I've read in the media. So here is Josie explaining a bit more about Juby. So, um, Jimmy was involved with Miracle League a few years back. It's a nonprofit organization for kids who have special needs, who get the chance to play baseball with volunteers. He was very involved with that a few years back and he, um, loved it. His theme song for when he walked up to the plate was the Rocky song. Um, so that's where we had our candlelight vigil in hopes of his return and prayer, um, was the Miracle League Park of Arizona. He loves video games. Um, he is always in the house. He doesn't really like leaving the house. Um, he is always on YouTube. He's always sending me, you know, like top 100 
um, funny animal videos on YouTube. He um, loves playing PS4 um, with my brother who is away at school, George. George is his favorite person in the world. Whenever George is in town for the weekend or on Christmas break, Juby is always so excited to see him. Um, loves video games, uh, loves the computer, loves um, his DS, things like that. My dad got him a puppy about a, um, a month or two ago who he named Buddy. Um, he has been so excited about his puppy, Buddy, always sending me pictures and videos of him. Um, just a very, very kind, gentle person. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds like he's happy. He is happy. Um, he's surrounded by an infinite amount of love in our family. He knows how much we love him, but he's also very self-aware and he knows he has special needs. He knows he's autistic and he, you know, I don't know. I can't imagine what that would be like to watch your siblings grow up and to watch them move out of the house to go to college. And one by one, you know, we all had to move out and he lives at home with my dad, who is a full-time caretaker of my brother and loves him so much. But I'm sure that comes along with frustration to, you know, be stuck at home and your siblings aren't home and your favorite sibling, uh, George, he's at school. You know, I can only imagine that's pretty frustrating. Um, as happy as he is and as great of a life as he has, um, that's, you know, a personal battle that I I can't relate to. And it would be hard for a lot of us to understand that. I think that that's a really good point, honestly. Um, you know, and before we get into, you know, the events of the day that he went missing, you know, I have to ask, do you think that he would have left the house willingly to go maybe find George? I don't know if he would have left to find George. Um, as I'll get into, he said something to George that would say otherwise, but, um, I think it's possible he would have left the house um, maybe on some whim um, to get out um, for who knows what reason, but three weeks pass and it's no longer, you know, a kid saying he's going to run away or he'll be back. It's that's just no longer the storyline anymore, whether he left the house or not, whether he had the intention to leave or not, it's no longer, I strongly believe his want to be gone. Like he wants to come home and I have no doubt in my mind he would be home if it was his choice. So let's talk about the last day. I know that it kind of, it kind of unfolds over the night before and then the morning of, can you walk us through that? So September 22nd, he was leaving my mom's house to come home to my dad's. He spends a few days at a time with my mom. He was coming home to my dad's and he hugged my mom goodbye saying, you're never going to see me again. And, you know, he waved it off. Kids say things sometimes. He sometimes says things, you know, that we have to take with a grain of salt. And, um, you know, it was waved off. And later that evening, he was playing PS4 with my brother on live um, and said goodnight to him, maybe around 9 p.m. And he said, you're never going to see me again. And uh, George was like, you know, what do you mean? I'll see you soon. And Juby said, um, you know, never mind, never mind. Went to bed, or George went to bed, and Juby stays up very late. So um, my dad was asleep downstairs, and from that bedroom, it's the door is open, and you can see out into the house. So around 2 a.m., I guess that would technically be September 23rd in the early hours of the morning, 
Juvie came home, came downstairs, walked down the stairs um, to throw away his trash. Um, he stays up very late, like I said, so this wasn't unusual. It was like any other night. My dad woke up and saw him walk down the stairs to throw away his trash. He fell back asleep. And in the morning, my dad woke back up, um, checked on Juby in his bed, and Juby wasn't in his bed. He wasn't in the house. My dad called my mom to see if for some reason she had him. She said no, and he immediately called the police. Police, um, you know, I was called. Uh, my siblings were all called. We all came home. Um, the police were swarming the area. We had the whole neighborhood looking. Everyone was looking, and, you know, the two-mile radius um, the desert behind my dad's house, um, stores, no one had seen him. Um, he wasn't there. And that day was a very long day and he was expected to be found by both the police and my family. We all expected him to be found wandering around within a couple hours and he was not found. And when night came, you know, my family and I knew that he was not alone. He was taken, something had happened. He got in the car he wasn't there. There was no doubt in our mind that something had happened. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. And I mean, there's there's a lot to break down here. So let's start first with, of course, you know, the statements from Juby. What do, what do you make of that? Um, it's hard to go in a direction with that. You could go in the direction of he could have been talking to someone. He could have had a plan that he's going to meet someone that night. You could go in the direction of, you know, kids say things and it could, he could have had the intention to leave the house and said, you're never going to see me again and walked on foot. But then somehow for whatever luck came in contact with the worst person he could have come in contact with. And then they took him. He, you know, it would be the same thing as an eight year old saying, you're never going to see me again. And then vanishing for three weeks. It doesn't take away at all from how dire the situation is. But of course, we're taking into consideration what that could have meant and if it meant he was meeting someone. Of course. Yeah. I think that that's my first fear is that he was groomed. Um, You know, has George looked at, you know, his PS4 friends list? I mean, I'm sure he has. I am sure I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, but I'm just wondering if they played with the same types of people, did he ask anybody? So forensics has all my um, brother's um, electronics, his phone, both his computers from my mom and dad's house, and his logins and his PS4. They're still looking into it. But um, as far as we know, Juby only spoke to my brother and obviously my family members and a couple of family friends that were George's childhood best friends that know Juby very well. Those, as far as we know, the only people that he talks to on PS4. And when we looked at it, we didn't see any other communication with anyone else. Obviously, forensics could take a deeper look. They're getting a subpoena and for all of these companies to, you know, rake through any information they can. But the the hard part is they're reaching the end of searching his electronics with not one clue with not any evidence that he was talking to anyone, which just makes this even more scary and confusing because if he wasn't talking to anyone, did he just leave on a whim and come in contact with someone or who knows why we haven't found anything on his electronics. That would have been our biggest hope of finding a clue as to where he went. And if he was talking to someone and they haven't found anything. 
Right. And I understand that he left his cell phone at home. So it's not as if they're able to, you know, ping it and try to track his whereabouts. And they, as far as I read, they haven't been able to find any surveillance. Is that still correct? They checked all surveillance cams in the area, all um, shopping centers, uh, neighbors, video cameras, anything you can think of. There is not one sighting of my brother, not one on camera, not one in person. The last time we have evidence of seeing my brother is when he came downstairs at 2 a.m. to throw away his trash. There has not been one confirmed sighting of him since then. I mean, it just blows my mind. I feel like every other person on my block, you know, has a ring doorbell camera. I imagine it has to be similar in your neighborhood. There are people that have them. Unfortunately, you know, all they're capturing, they, those cameras are designed to, you know, capture if someone walks up to the house, if someone walks up to their door. Juby didn't do that. So that didn't capture anything. And as far as any street cameras or store cameras, they capture, you know, headlights passing by. But, you know, the police are looking into that, obviously, but there's not any sighting of like Juby walking down the street, getting into a car. Um, going up to a house, nothing like him as a person has not been captured on camera, just walking at all. Wow. Well, and I know that, you know, the, the biggest theory right now is that he was possibly taken. I mean, how far do you think Juby could have gotten on his own just walking? This is very important to note that my brother is not athletic. He is a very weak person. He's very vulnerable physically and mentally. He's maybe 5'10", 5, 5'11", 5, and 100 pounds. He can't run. He walks with a pretty distinct shuffle-like manner. He can't jump. He can't climb. He That's why I state he would have been found walking around the neighborhood. I don't think he could have gotten farther than a mile. He is without a doubt with someone. Without a doubt, someone picked him up. Whether it was willingly or not, this is still a kidnapping to take a child. He... Even if he is fine, even if someone is thinking they're helping him, they have my brother and they will be prosecuted because this is not by choice. Juby would be home by now. He would not have gotten far and he is just not in the media area. And I don't know how to put myself in the shoes of someone who would take an autistic child, but I would imagine they wouldn't have stayed in the area. If Juby ran into somebody, do you think that he'd be able to tell them his home address? Another issue, no. I think that we know Juby doesn't know his address. He doesn't know her phone numbers. He never he knows not to leave the house without a family member. This has never happened before. He is never without his phone, which obviously has all of our contacts in it. But there's just never a situation where he's alone in the first place. Juby doesn't know his address. If he were to come in contact with someone, he would ask for help. If he's out there alone or with someone, he would ask for help because I know he wants to come home and this is not something he wants. Whether he wanted to leave, it's definitely not the case anymore three weeks later. And it's very unfortunate. Yeah, he doesn't know his address. He wouldn't know how to get home. And I would just pray that if he does walk up to someone and ask for help, they will listen and realize this child needs attention immediately and call the police. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do have to ask, I understand that, you know, um, dogs were able to pick up his scent near a local Albertsons. Is there anything significant about that to you? The Albertsons is located very close to our neighborhood. It's possible he could have walked there. However, cameras leading up to that area 
did not capture him walking by. We had a neighbor in particular who had a Tesla who did not capture anything of him walking in that direction that entire night. And the police confirmed that sometimes the dogs aren't accurate. They did tell us that. And they followed up with Albertson surveillance cameras and there was no footage of Juby being there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. Those dogs can be wrong, unfortunately. So I think that maybe that's just not something um, for people to take into serious consideration then. Either way, if it was, um, the track, the scent stopped abruptly. So even if you were to take that into heavy consideration, he was picked up or got in the car or something. Um, because people don't just vanish. And if a trace stops, you know, that means someone got in a car. And even if he was picked up from that area, you know, either way, he's with someone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reason I ask about the significance of the Albertsons is because I I know as a kid, I actually, um, I wanted to live inside of an Albertsons. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if maybe that was his favorite store or just somewhere he loved to be that would make sense that he would walk there. No, um, there's not really any significance to that place. I mean, my dad shops there for groceries. Um, Jimmy doesn't like leaving the house. He does when a lot of people are asking, what's his favorite spot? What's his favorite place to go? He has places he's familiar with that have all been, are all very close to my house and have all been thoroughly checked. But again, he got very sick before COVID. He has primary immune deficiency. He can't leave the house during COVID. So in the past two years, he's barely left the house and he doesn't like leaving the house. So it's hard to pinpoint, you know, oh, he would definitely go here or there. Either way, you know, those places are, we've checked countless times and he's not there. And it's just very unfortunate that to have to say, you know, there's not a one place he would be, one place he would go, because this isn't something he would do. He's never left the house especially for three weeks. So nothing is out of the question anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's just so crazy. I mean, and I think it's important to note that here in Arizona, I mean, I'm in North Phoenix, very close to Scottsdale at the end of September, it's still really hot. And it's not like we're a community where we're walking around everywhere in a hundred degree weather. So it just, it doesn't make sense that he would just walk somewhere and stay away in that type of weather. No. And he left with nothing but the clothes on his back. It's been three weeks. He didn't have any water. He didn't have any food. There was a point three to five days later where the police were looking for a body and again, nowhere to be found. And God forbid that would be the situation. But if it was, he still would have been found by now. Yeah. I mean, I do have to say that it, it, from the outside looking in, it looks like the uh, the Scottsdale Police Department are doing everything they can. Have you been happy with how they've worked the case? Um, we have been, um, you know, even though they're, they go by protocol and they cannot say to the public that this is a kidnapping because there's no evidence of a kidnapping. But they also know there's no evidence that he's alone either. And one of the detectives on an interview, I believe it was today or yesterday, did say we believe he's not alone. It's unfortunate that they have to go through a certain step process before considering that, you know, he's been taken. But as of now, they know that whether or not they can officially state that they know, and they've said that they know he is with someone. 
and we are so grateful for everything they've done. And they're searching his electronics. They've used helicopters, dogs, horses. They've raked the area. But it does become frustrating when you hear them say, you know, we're coming up with nothing. And as a family, you just, what do you do when the police don't know what to do next? Like I said, I I first learned about the case by seeing a flyer. I think it was at Spirit Halloween by Paradise Valley Mall. Um, I mean, can you tell me a little bit about your efforts um, outside of just what I'm seeing in in terms of these flyers? Um, We've started a Facebook group, um, Finding Najib G.B. Monsif. Um, My personal Instagram and Twitter is Josie Monsif, and I have been posting updates, and we have you know, tens of thousands of interactive followers, um, reposting, retweeting, sharing on their stories. We've had a family friend create a GoFundMe account. We are, um, now hiring a private investigator to take this into our own hands. Um, we've looked into private forensics analysts. Um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that people aren't aware of, but from a public standpoint, I am doing interviews every day, trying to spread this word. I'm calling whoever I can. We conducted two searches and printed thousands and thousands of flyers. Um, The following days after my brother's disappearance, we had an overwhelming amount of support from the community. We've obviously searched on foot for days, but it comes to a point where you know he's not in the area walking around and you have to take it a step further and that includes turning to the media and investigators. And that's what we're working on right now. I mean, honestly, you guys are just absolutely amazing. Um, I, I, I feel like this is kind of a silly question to ask, but I feel like I have to ask it. Is there anybody out there that you think could hurt Juby or would want to hurt him? As far as a person we know that would want to hurt him? Absolutely not. My family you know, doesn't have that much immediate family in the United States. My dad's an immigrant. We keep to ourselves. You know, we live a normal life. Juby is very loved. Everyone in the community that knows who Juby is knows he's a very special person. He's endearing. Our family is held together by him. There's no one that would come to mind that would have the motive to hurt him. However, that is our fear that he has come in contact with someone that is just not a good person. And there's no doubt in my mind that they're not a good person, whether they have hurt him or not, they've taken him away from us. And who in the world would take away a child who has special needs, who needs their family, who can't, you know, function on their own. It just, It blows my mind. And this is truly the worst thing that could ever happen to us. Yeah, of course. I mean, in the off chance that Juby or this person who could have taken him is listening, is there anything you want to say to them? I would want them to know that we are doing everything humanly possible to get my brother back. And if they have the kindness in their hearts to reach out to Scottsdale Police Department or my family to please give us any information. If you know something, if you know anything, to please contact Scottsdale PD. And if you can't find that kindness, you should know that this is never going to end ever until Juby is back. And 
you will be held responsible for whatever the situation is. And for Juby, I would want him to know how much we love him and we miss him dearly and we're looking for him and we'll make sure he gets back okay. Yeah. So Voices for Justice is all about not just listening to these stories, you know, it's it's about how people can help. So how can my listeners help? Is that the GoFundMe? Is that sharing his picture? Is it all of it? How can we help you? I would ask everyone to follow us on our Facebook group, Finding Najib Jibi Monsif. We have PDF flyers that you can print out, that you can pass to your workplace, your friends, email them to anyone you know, and just saturate your area. The more areas we can get, the better. If you can't physically help, we have a GoFundMe linked in my bios. Um, my handle is Josie Monsif on Instagram. Um, those are all going towards my father's search efforts and um, costs towards you know private investigators and forensic analysts and things like that. Just don't stop talking about it. Don't stop sharing. If you know someone that could know someone that can help us, anyone in the media, in investigative teams, organizations, please reach out. You're more than welcome to message me or my family with any ideas or contacts. And, you know, lastly, if you find my brother under no circumstances, leave him, just stay with him and call 911. Your resource is 911 if you know anything or you find him. Perfect. I'll make sure I include all of that. Um, Before we wrap things up, I always like to ask, is there anything you'd like to add, anything I didn't address, anything you want to make sure that makes it into this episode? I would just want people to know that although my brother is 20 years old, he is a vulnerable child. Anyone that has a family member with special needs knows they are gentle. They would talk to anyone. They are friendly and my brother needs his family and we need him and whether or not any of these facts that you're reading you know whatever ideas that people say this is a very dangerous situation no matter if he's with someone who thinks they're helping him or not he needs his family and this person is not helping him in the long run they're taking him away and we need to find him This episode of Voices for Justice is sponsored by ZocDoc. If you guys have been following my journey on social media, you know that I am in my Sarah era. After everything I've been through over the last couple years, I'm really just focusing on myself and doing that unapologetically. So I have become that one friend in my friend group that loves to treat myself. A lot of the time that looks like a long bath, a face mask, maybe a special foot soak, but I also knew that I needed to make my health a priority. And that's where ZocDoc comes in. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. What I really liked is that all the doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients. You don't have to just guess if they're good. ZocDoc is how I found my new doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com justice and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash justice. ZocDoc dot com slash justice. 
please take a moment to share Juby's picture, support his family on social media, and donate to the GoFundMe if you can. Things like private investigators and forensics testing are extremely expensive. Please know that even if you can't give, sharing the fundraiser is very helpful as well. I will have all of the ways that you can help Juby's case linked on VoicesForJusticePodcast.com and in the episode notes. As a reminder, Juby Monsif went missing on September 23, 2021 from Scottsdale, Arizona. He's a 20-year-old male that is about 5 feet 10 inches tall and weighs 100 pounds. He has black hair and brown eyes. He was most likely wearing dark clothing and moccasins when he went missing. It's also very important to note that Juby walks with a noticeable shuffle. If you do see Juby, please stay with him and call 911. If you have any information about Juby, please contact the Scottsdale Police Department at 480-312-5000. But as always, thank you, I love you, and I'll talk to you next time. Voices for Justice is hosted and produced by me, Sarah Turney. For more information about the podcast, to suggest a case, to see resources used for this episode, and to find out more about how to help the cases I discuss, visit VoicesForJusticePodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show in your podcast player. It really does help more people find the podcast and these cases in need of justice. Hey guys, welcome to The Secret After Show. This one is going to be short and sweet. I really just wanted to take a second and say thank you for listening. I know that this episode is really different from any of the other episodes I've done. I don't think I've ever really published a full interview like this. Um, to be honest, it just felt very not authentic to pull out my questions and kind of re-record them to walk you through it. Um, with Juby's case, we just don't have a lot of information out there in the media, so I just... I just felt like publishing the full interview was the most authentic way to get his story out there. So thank you for listening. And I do hope that, you know, you did learn something. I hate to say the word enjoy it, but you guys know what I mean. To be honest, it's hard for me to do episodes like this. Um, I really don't enjoy going to families and saying, OK, just tell me all about the worst day of your life. Um, but Again, without there being a ton of information out there, I just felt like this was the most appropriate way to tell Juby's story. So, um, again, I hate to give you like a double call to action, but I would really love if you went and supported his sister. Um, she needs some love and she needs some support and she's doing a lot of this, um, you know, for her family. So please take a second and go show her some love, just like all of you guys showed me so much love. And I do want to take a second and especially thank my Patreon. Um... 
my patrons. I'm like the worst at saying that word. I want to I want to thank all of my supporters over on Patreon. Because of you guys, um, I am going to make a sizable donation to Juby's GoFundMe. It's something I like to do often. It's not something I talk about a lot, but I did just kind of want to feature that that's where a lot of this extra money comes from is Patreon. I try to give back to these families all I can. So I just wanted to say if you are a member of the Patreon, Thank you. And you are contributing directly to Juby's Fund. Um, So you're awesome. And I love you. And even if you're not on the Patreon, you're awesome. And I love you, too. I just I feel like I rarely give Patreon shout outs. It almost feels like an ad. But I really just wanted to say thank you, guys. So as always, thank you for tolerating me in this after show moment. Um, I love you. And I'll talk to you next time.